the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening, and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I'm your headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280, The Patriot. I'm joined in studio once again by the producer of Education Nation and my co-host, Mark Durkin. Well, good evening again, Rebecca. Yes, good evening. Good to be back with you. Yes, it is. And good to be back with the two ladies from Wyzetta. We are very excited to have them back in uh, studio with us. Uh, Last week, we started a conversation about racial equity policies designed to close the achievement gap in Wyzetta, which was uh, equity standard-based grading. And we started by talking about the middle school, where they called it Grade for Learning. Now this week, we're going to shift our attention to the high school level, where they are now calling it something different. It is called equity grading, but it is still standard-based grading. So really both the same concepts in the middle school and the high school under two different names. So once again, I want to say... Uh, thank you to the two ladies in our studio today. And I want to also stress too, our guests, they will be the first to tell you that we can all agree that each and every student across Minnesota is deserving of a quality education that prepares them to succeed. That's what we all want to see. Mm-hmm. And they will also tell exactly. you that a, a shift to standard-based grading has left them in the dark, though, in terms of how well their kids are performing in the classroom. Well, tonight, Sandy McLean and Michelle Pribla They join us in studio again to discuss a recent face-to-face meeting that a group of parents had with the principal from Wyzetta High School. Did the parents gain any additional clarity concerning the rumored switch to standards-based grading? Well, these parents are here to provide some insight. Ladies, again, thank you for joining us on Education Nation. Thanks for having us. Uh, Well, first of all, again, I just want to thank all the wonderful teachers in Wyzetta for the time, the energy that they put into working with our students. Um, Mm -hmm. We feel that this grading system has all put us in this situation that we're trying to work through together so we really appreciate Mm -hmm. all their efforts and attempts to work with us as parents and our students to get us through the situation Mm -hmm. yeah it's never a teacher situation is it and you always feel bad because you don't want them to feel like they're the target of your frustrations right Mm -hmm. well sandy you're now entering the 2018-19 school year with no response or action to address the standards-based grading concerns and you presented to the district leaders in the Wyzetta School District. So you've been tipped off even further when you were hearing through several channels that the high school was now also planning on changing over to a standards-based grading system in a couple of years. What was your response to this? Uh, it was really disappointing to learn um, that that was happening. Um, 
we had received a letter from Superintendent Chase Anderson on September 14th that GFL was going to stay in the middle schools. Mm -hmm. GFL um, meaning grading for learning. Grading for learning, mm -hmm. sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, the response listed some action items that they were going to initiate to try to address some of the concerns that we had, but it was even more concerning to hear that they were going to implement standards-based grading in the high school. Uh, when standards-based grading had been such a disappointment to all of us in the middle schools. Mm -hmm. um, they did agree to send out parent-student uh, surveys. Um, they're planning on uh, initiating some focus groups okay. this winter, spring. Um, that survey was sent out on October 31st, and so far we have no response on that, what the really? results were. Mm. No, October uh -uh. 31st? Yeah, oh, That's a long time ago. Yes, it was. <laughs> How um, much time did you get to fill it out? A week, well, two? Three? Yeah, no, well, I don't know. I, maybe a couple days. I oh, can't remember. It then was, it's really surprising. Yeah, wow. they closed it out pretty quickly. Maybe they didn't like the results. Not, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was really upsetting also that, um, back to Michelle's point, at the meeting that we attended in April with the leaders of the district, the three middle school principals, the high school, we had asked the high school principal, Scott Gangler, if GFL was coming to the high school. Mm -hmm. He said no, <laughs> but they're in the process of aligning the grading system across the department so there'd be consistency in grading process. <sighs> not one single person in that room corrected his statement to include that although we're not bringing grading for learning model into the high school, we will be initiating standards-based grading at there the There you high go school. with the language again. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, how deceptive. Mm -hmm. There, you know, I, I'm going to call a spade a spade. That mm -hmm. is deceptive. Mm -hmm. And the fact that nobody spoke up to no. make it clear. Mm -hmm. um, no boy, transparency. That's, that's really unfair we to the parents. We felt at the very least it was very misrepresentative. Yeah. Yes. You know, it was a misrepresentation. Yes. But... Different names, same grading mm -hmm. system. Oh, that's really... And it was a live omission yeah. on all their parts to not correct and amend that statement at all. Um, at the same time, there was a reporter from a local newspaper that had been following the story. Um, he had written back on it in 2016 when standards-based grading was being initiated at the middle schools, mm -hmm. um, and he was going to do a follow-up story. So he had asked the high school principal, Scott Gangler, and I'm going to refer to the question that he asked him sure. for his article, mm -hmm. uh, and this was done on September 13th. Okay. Um, so we received the letter from the superintendent on the 14th and that he was putting this article out mm -hmm. um, within the week. Okay. So he had um, sent an email to Scott Gangler and asked, have there been any talks of moving the grading system at Wayzata High School away from the current traditional A through F grading towards a more standards-based approach? Mm -hmm. If so, where is that discussion at currently? Scott's answer was, although we're currently looking at ways to align our grading practices around sound core grading principles, we are not moving away from the current practice of traditional A through F grading. Hmm. And that's September 13th. 13th. Yep. So then I think that they, he felt that he needed to do some damage control. Mm -hmm. So a letter was mm -hmm. sent out uh, shortly after that, and this is dated September 16th. Um, so basically he's addressing this with the parents. Mm -hmm. So he said, first, uh, or sorry, as you are probably aware, grading has become a topic of interest within our school community. As discussion around grading evolves, I would like to take this opportunity to share with you the work our high school is engaged in as it correlates to grading. Mm -hmm. First, please be advised that the high school is not moving towards any sort of model identifying grading practices that excludes the traditional A through F grading scales or percentages. Hmm. So directly contradicting what you're hearing now Correct. and what right. you had heard at in that earlier meeting. Correct. So How confusing yes. to people. And we had had parents cuz you know people that we know 
are aware that Michelle and I have been kind of on this. And we had heard from several parents that they had talked to teachers at the high school and it was mentioned that standards-based grading was now coming to the high school. So at this point, we're extremely confused. Yes, you're getting, you're hearing both sides. Yes, Yes, we are. No, we're not. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and even from the same person. Right. Yep. The principal. Yep. My goodness. Well, so from that point on then, Sandy, um, you found out that the PTO, which is I'm assuming your parent-teacher organization, mm-hmm. is hosting a coffee with the principal in December to address the grading issues, or was. This is back, obviously, this past December. Mm-hmm. And the invite stated that the meeting was to discuss equity grading. What was your thought when you received that invitation? And can you explain again then what equity grading is? We've kind of been talking about this. Sure. Semantics. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, well, Scott Gingler's email to the parents stated that he would be hosting a copy and mm-hmm. to go over the grading issue. I was glad to see that it was a focus of a meeting and that, you know, finally we were going to have some dialogue about right. it. Because right. prior to this, it, so- it seemed like it was just this unspoken topic. Nobody mm-hmm. was allowed to talk about mm-hmm. it. Um, and... I have to say, when I got online to research standards-based grading when it was implemented in the mm-hmm. sixth grade, um, I had come across the term equity grading several times, mm-hmm. but I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I saw that the invitation was going to discuss equity grading, I spent more time online trying to learn what this really right. meant. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there was a lot of information regarding the initiative online, but the one name that kept, kept coming up was Joe Feldman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Just to let you know who Joe is, Mm -hmm. um, Joe Feldman is a former teacher and a school and district administrator who's the founder of the Oakland, California-based Crescendo Education Group, which helps educators introduce more equitable grading practice. He's the author of Grading for Equity, published recently by Core and Press, and the paper School Grading Policies Are Failing Our Children, Hmm. How Can We Create a More Equitable System? So he goes around the country and does a lot of consulting with schools to put equitable grading systems in their mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to read is his words, not mine. Sure. That's important to know. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is about his definition of what equitable, equitable grading right. is. And I, I would say that I did exchange some emails or correspondence with him mm-hmm. asking him for an actual definition of mm-hmm. equity grading. And uh, he basically said there is none. He didn't understand what context I was asking this for and just basically referred me to his book his book okay okay <laughs> that, I, that you can get on amazon for <laughs> yes. 8.99 there we go well we're gonna read from the book then <laughs> okay. joe feldman so okay and this is mm-hmm. actually from um uh, article that was published um october 24th 2018 so it is okay. very current but okay, okay so teachers in a, inject subjectively and biases into their grading in much the ways that schools' disciplinary actions often disproportionately punish African-Americans, Latino, low-income students with special needs. Too often, traditional grading practices are often corrupted by implicit racial, class, and gender biases that affect individual teachers' mm-hmm. grading. Teachers often include grades in a student's effort or participation, a subjective judgment about the student, which may have nothing to do with how much the student has learned. Interesting. Um, so basically, he goes on to say that traditional grading rewards students with privilege and punishes students without them. Mm-hmm. When teachers award points for completing homework and extra credit, they're giving advantages to students with greater resources. Mm-hmm. Those with college-educated mm-hmm. parents who are available at home and can help with homework or the extra credit assignments and making it harder for students who have weaker education backgrounds and fewer supports. You know, this is the same old, same old. I mean, I remember when Profiles of Learning came and swept Minnesota and and swept other nation or other states in the nation. It was a different title for them. But this idea of equity, it always seems like they go to the lowest common denominator. They want to bring everybody down 
to the same level Mm -hmm. rather than bringing those kids who need that extra support up. And, you know, I think all of us want those kids Mm -hmm. who do struggle, who don't have those advantages Mm -hmm. that many kids do in this nation. Mm -hmm. We want those kids to receive the advantages, not Mm -hmm. take the advantages away from the other ones. Right. So it's really unfortunate to me or to all of us, I think, Mm -hmm. in our minds Mm -hmm. that that this is what they think is a solution. They they call Mm -hmm. that a solution. Right. Right. And what about the future of our country with Mm -hmm. that type of grading? Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, you know, and it was mentioned in the the equity or equity grading copy with the principal meeting mm-hmm. as well. Um, it, they basically just supported the fact, and I'll, I'm just going to read another excerpt from sure. from this from from another publication that went mm-hmm. out from Joe Feldman. But he basically said again that the problem is that homework completion is more of a reflection of a student's income, language, and family. And this grading approach <laughs> oh places God. underprivileged students at a huge disadvantage. <sighs> grading homework for completion rewards students with resources and punishes those without resources. Unbelievable. Yeah. Nothing about intellect, nothing about the... I mean, that that acts as though everything is environment. And we know from a lot of research that that is not the case. There are plenty of kids who are extremely Mm -hmm. Mm well-motivated and bright who are coming out of terrible circumstances. Mm -hmm. We agree. Right. And these kids have a lot of potential potential. that they're not working with. Right, right, right. And and unfortunately, with a grading system like that, then they're never going to get the help that they need Mm -hmm. because then it's it's like giving in. It's like giving in to um, a system where we're not going to help the kids anymore. We're just going to give in and just kind of get them through. You know, we used to talk about, we we have talked about passing kids on that shouldn't be passed on. Mm -hmm. But this masks that even more. It's putting Mm -hmm. a veneer. Yes, a a complete. Mm -hmm. Not preparing them for life. Right, right. And exactly. That's why Mm -hmm. I say the future of our nation really, you know, that may sound extreme, but it's Mm -hmm. not. The Mm -hmm. the kids are the future. Mm -hmm. And they spend 13 years in school, seven hours a day, five days a week. Mm -hmm. And if this is the type of grading practices that they're going to be exposed to, then obviously the amount of learning that is going to take place is not going to be as great. Well, and our question, too, is, you know, Wayzata School District has always rates very, very high in the state. Right. And, you know, they've they've had a lot of success. Mm -hmm. So why are they changing the formula? If they have gotten kids where they need to be with the formula that they're using, why change Mm -hmm. it now? Well, and that's, you know, we kind of talked about that a little bit before the show that um, this is kind of a a new trend across all of the nation, but we have these districts, you know, across the state of Minnesota Mm -hmm. that are looking at integration. They're called the integration districts. And they're very influential in what the school districts are doing. We did a show on Stillwater, um, some ramifications of of the integration district that they were a part of. I think it was the East Metro. And so I do think that whether or not the school district is performing well is not as important in these people's minds as trying to um, make sure that they are doing these equity practices Mm -hmm. for the ones, for the students that are in the districts that they don't think have the same advantages of the other students. Um, also, they could be preparing for the Cruz Guzman. You know, right. um, we talked about that last summer. The, the balancing through busing. Yes, and that's that's a potential that could happen where students would get bussed in to the Wyzetta district 
from other districts so that there would be a larger percentage of kids Mm -hmm. that are coming out of those backgrounds that do traditionally struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, we want those kids to get the help they need. mm -hmm. Let's help them succeed by giving them the support they need, not just by dumbing down the grading system so that they look like they're doing okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Those accountability standards can happen from the school. We need to help them achieve Mm -hmm. that. So, um, boy, that's that's really disappointing and concerning. Michelle, you were in attendance at this meeting as well, too, with the high school principal. And we've talked about a lot here with Sandy. I mean, just some of the things that came out and what was learned from that. Do you have any additional insights or things that you would learn that you had taken away from the meeting that, that really stuck with you? Um, well, just a couple of things. I wanted to go over the purpose and the district mission that was told to us at that meeting. But the other thing I just wanted to say is, again, like I said before, my daughter graduated from Wyzetta High School. She's a junior in college at UND, and she was very well prepared with mm-hmm. the traditional grading system mm-hmm. to achieve well in high school. Yeah. And again, we do have two parents in our home, mm-hmm. but um, her level of academics were above many times what we could help her with. Right. So it didn't really matter that mm-hmm. my husband and I were there. Mm-hmm. She couldn't really rely on us to help mm-hmm. her anyhow. Right. So mm-hmm. I just want to make that point. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, so there was a purpose that was we were told about in the district mission at this coffee meeting um, with the high school principal. And the district mission and vision is centered around excellence for each and every, not just for students who play school well mm-hmm. or have more resources resources than others but each and every mm-hmm. um and i the play school well was just kind of that confusing. was confusing was that their quote that, mm-hmm. uh-huh. more than once yes. unbelievable yeah. yeah and i yeah basically just kind of completely taking away anything for credit for right. for their mm-hmm. excellence right mm-hmm. it's like right. oh they're just good at it they're just right. they just play school well it's well, right. a very flippant attitude mm-hmm. towards it all can mm-hmm. i just add one more thing too that i think is really important to bring up that joel feldman um in this article that he wrote this paper that he wrote um basically um states that this is to close the achievement gap his equity grading is to close the achievement so, gap he's not only closing mm-hmm. the achievement gap from the bottom up but he's closing right. the achievement gap from the top down mm-hmm. so they're he pulling ha- those down yes yep. yeah. so mm-hmm. he ha- has statistics in here where he actually is quite proud of the fact that he he has lowered um the amount of white students getting a's interesting so he's very transparent about Correct. this then yes wow yeah okay yep. and i'm sure Wyzetta, they feel like they can't be i thought it was interesting to note that at the break that they called it you know, equity grading on one of the invitations to that meeting, and then it quickly changed to equitable grading, which is a slightly different terminology, which kind of softens that a little bit. You know, we all want the kids to have Mm -hmm. equitable grading, Mm -hmm. but I think the traditional grading system uh, was quite equitable as well because there's certain expectations that are clear, and if you meet them, Mm -hmm. you get a good grade. Mm -hmm. And we can help those kids achieve that. Mm -hmm. There are schools doing that all across the nation Mm And there's no reason to throw in the towel. Right. And that's what we say, too, because the other thing, the purpose that we were told was to graduate every student, regardless of race, class, gender, and disability. Totally agree with that. Yes. But with a 96% graduation graduation rate, Uh we're just saying again, you know, why are we changing all these grading practices to, to, um, I mean, there's 4% we're working with. Right. And. It just seems like we are taking down all the grading right. for everybody to ensure that additional right. 4% graduate when we already have this wonderful graduation. Yeah. It's like hitting a nail with like a jackhammer yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it is, it, yeah, it does well, not make any sense. And I, I took diligent notes during that meeting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it. I think we all left there more confused than when we walked in mm-hmm. uh, because basically what we were told is that 
we've always used standards-based grading at the high school. Well, they have standards, you know, their target standards sure. that they're grading for, <laughs> right. but right. they're not using, they haven't really used standards-based grading. Right. Um, but now we're going to switch to standards-based grading at the high school, although we've always used standards-based grading <laughs> right. at the that high school. That alone is confusing and, yeah. again, deceptive. And now we're not using the grading component of standards-based grading at the high school, even though we're already using the standards-based grading at the high school by using grading towards a standard. <laughs> so they actually are implementing equal interval grading, which could be a whole other show to talk about that. Okay. But basically, they're taking away the power of zero. Um, we also learned that all 17 professional learning centers at the high school can determine how they want to align their grading systems. So mm. in trying to make grading more consistent, now they're going to allow 17 different grading systems across the building. Right. They're using the equal interval grading models, but are not going to, going towards a grading model. We were told that they're not going for grading for learning. They're not going to use that one through four the, system. Which is the middle school system. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so something completely different again. Again. And mm-hmm. they said that equal interval will not be confusing for students, but it might be confusing for some students. Um, traditional grading is that's bad. equitable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, traditional grading is bad practice, but the PLCs are allowed to use traditional grading model. Um, what are the PLCs again? Those are the professional learning. Oh, okay, centers. that's right. Yeah. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they can uh, final. Uh, the, uh, excuse me. The final grades assigned to students uh, must use the same percentages aligned with letter grades all across the building. Which explained to us how that can happen when they're using 17 different grading models and teachers are allowed to go ahead and set whatever percentages that they want on the equal interval grading model. So that's yeah. confusing. So yeah. basically, in the end of all of this, mm-hmm. the document that we received that summarizes the ways that a school grading is still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to fluctuate and it's just a sample and it's going to continue to evolve. So mm-hmm. what we learned in that meeting could change next week. It could have changed by now. Mm-hmm. It could change in six months. Right. It could change over the summer. And it could change the night before all the parents walk into curriculum night mm-hmm. for ninth grade. And I think it's important to know, too, for the PLCs, they can decide within those PLCs if they want to have their homework count part of their grade. They can decide True. if they want to have quizzes part count as part of the grade. Or they can decide them not to count. So, um, again, there's students that always don't test out well. Right. And mm-hmm. Being able to have their homework count and quizzes Matters count a lot. is important. Yes, it is. Yeah. And that also does quantify a student's work ethic. And it's it's as though the equity grading wants to, to eliminate the benefit of work ethic because traditional groups of students that come from those um, backgrounds that maybe they only have a single parent or maybe – um, low income or whatever, they maybe struggle to develop that work ethic. Mm-hmm. But that, again, that does not consider who that person is as a child mm-hmm. because right. it is not all environment. We mm-hmm. have seen so many hardworking kids come out of those same environments and it can be developed in them. And we mm-hmm. have seen schools do this time and time mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. So it is wrong to assume that children coming out of that background cannot succeed. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what this right. uh, grading well, system is assuming. I think too, the overall sense of that meeting, we felt like, you know, again, the true reason behind it was being hidden mm-hmm. behind this Trojan horse of standards-based grading. And, um, you know, they weren't really being honest with us. They mm-hmm. basically were referring to the fact that they wanted all the professional learning centers aligned in grading, and we can agree to that. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Mm-hmm. You know, you we all experienced that. We had a teacher that graded on the curve, and then somebody else had a different language arts teacher that didn't sure. grade on a curve, mm-hmm. and this teacher's, you know, easier, yes. and she grades easier and whatever. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You can align that and make yes. that consistent. Right. But you don't have to go to standards-based grading to do that. To do that. Right. Exactly. Just you can fix, still use traditional yeah. mm-hmm. uh, A, B, C, right. D. Yes. I mean, and what mm-hmm. we have found is that every single thing that they're saying that they're going to fix with this, 
being consistent in grading, giving mm -hmm. feedback to students. Every single thing that they're trying to fix has been just as big of a problem right. with the standard, right, right. With right. standardized grading in the middle Because schools. you know why? Because the real reason aren't, isn't those reasons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is that grammatically mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. <laughs> you know, those are good excuses to move to standard-based grading mm -hmm. but the reality is it is more confusing it is mm -hmm. less motivating but it is solving the problem in their minds of what they're really trying to solve that they mm -hmm. don't really want to say and that is to try to bring these kids who come from these backgrounds mm -hmm. to a place where they're getting the same grades as the kids who are coming from the advantage uh, backgrounds mm -hmm. that's appears to be the real goal mm -hmm. which is why they don't respond when you say well it is it's not motivating it's demotivating mm -hmm. and it's not less confusing it's more confusing mm -hmm. um it's not more engaging for the parents it's less engaging mm -hmm. for the parents mm -hmm. um and and then you're still seeing that resistance to go back to what what the traditional grading system is because mm -hmm. they they know deep down it it is solving what they've been told to solve mm -hmm. uh, well and you know we do our hearts go out to the teachers and yeah the i'm not talking schools. about the teachers i'm talking yeah, no not at all yeah, administration yeah. Mm -hmm. but i just want to say too that you know it how do they have time you know they are so busy and they work so hard and we know that all of this wonderful feedback and looping that they say is mm -hmm. happening can't be because they just don't have time enough time in a day right. you know right. so right. i feel like they're being put in this really awkward position of how are they supposed to manage all of this as well? Right, right. Well, and unfortunately, we see this in education, lots and lots of experimentation. And it mm -hmm. does come down to falling on the teachers. As things come and go, the teachers are expected to learn it, do it, implement it. And then, you know, in a year, something's changed and they have mm -hmm. to learn that. Mm -hmm. And, and right. all over again, it goes. Mm -hmm. You know, and the teachers have had to be hush-hush, but I mean, have either one of you had an opportunity to talk to the teachers about how they feel about this being implemented? Have um, they said anything? Have they been free to say anything at you all? You know, what I would tell you is that we know that the teachers have been intimidated into silence. Mm -hmm. We know that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even when we started out in our curriculum, I, you know, this past year, a parent had raised his hand to ask about it. And the teacher said, we're really sorry. We can't talk about that. Wow. Um, so, you know, it, all we can say is that if the coffee with the principal meeting, yeah. um, it was so confusing for us, it's mm -hmm. got to be just as confusing for them yes. at this point. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for teachers. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, do you think there will be any further follow-up with parents from the administration um, on the changes that are being made? I mean, what do you think? Well, we're hoping, but so far we've kind of come against silence. Mm -hmm. So, um, at the at the meeting with the coffee or the coffee meeting with the principal, we had asked, you know, do the parents not have to have a say in this? Can mm -hmm. this just go forward without the parents having a say? And we were told that because this is not um, a policy change, stakeholder stakeholders do not have to be involved. And oh, stakeholders are they don't call it a policy change. No, nope. <laughs> stakeholders are parents, you know, teachers, administrators, students themselves, families. So again, this is something that um, we don't have to be getting. They don't do not have to get the okay from us, you know, or to feel that we're okay with it. They can proceed with it on their own without getting mm -hmm. an okay. Mm -hmm. We did we did ask also for um, <clears throat> you know another meeting. Can we have a town hall? Mm -hmm. um, and because, you know, there's a lot of parents that could not attend this um, middle-of-the-day meeting, right. 11 to right. 12. Mm -hmm. um, and we were basically told, no, there wouldn't be one. Mm -hmm. We have left messages, and some additional parents, um, some that attended, some that didn't attend, have mm -hmm. asked um, for um, additional meetings, and they have not 
been um, had follow-up calls or there has not been anything placed, just, you know, as far as emails. There's nothing that we have. silence. Least, it's just been silence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know what? I feel so bad to have to already end this show, but we are already down to less than a minute. Um, but I think what we're going to need to do is invite the two of you back in, and we will continue this conversation at some point, and, you know, probably not next week. But um, there is so much more to talk about. I think you are just scratching the surface, mm-hmm. and we will be very interested in following the progress that is being made yes. there in Wyzetta. And again, I just want to say thank you to Sandy McLean and to Michelle uh, Pubula, and thank you so much for being on part of this show today and last week as well. And we ask our listeners to go ahead and check out our podcast at ednationmn.org. They can hear this or any of our previous co- podcasts. And we look forward to having you back again next Saturday night for Education Nation at AM 1280, The Patriot. Good night. One more thing. You can email Sandy and Michelle at wyzettaschoolsgrading at gmail.com. wyzettaschoolsgrading at gmail.com. See you next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.